What's up, y'all? It's Meek with the Deets. I know it's been a long-ass time since I did a podcast. I think August was my last podcast. So please forgive me. Please charge my head, not my heart. Uh, Let's see. Today, I don't know. This is going to be like a freestyle podcast. I got a lot of shit to catch up with, so stay tuned. I promise it won't be a long-ass podcast, though, but it will be informative and, I hope, interesting. So, yeah, stick around. All right, y'all, I'm back. So, yeah, my last episode in August was pretty good. We talked about Delta, the latest COVID variant. And then after August, we had the damn Omarion, Omicron, Omarion is what I call it because, you know, I'm one of those old people that can't pronounce shit. So I like Omarion. It took me long enough to figure out how to pronounce his name so the omnicron whatever came out and they said omarion i'm sticking with omarion anyway so omarion came caused the whole almost uh shut down but luckily we didn't have to go completely back inside what did y'all do when omarion happened me i was already immunized baptized uh, uh vaccinized AKA vaccinated and had my booster. I think I got my booster after. Yeah, right when Omarion started because I was going on a vacation, which I'll fill y'all in on later. But yeah, so how'd you guys do with the Omarion? I can't believe it's 2022 and we still going through COVID. And now there's another one on the rise, but I'm not claiming it. It's like 25 COVIDs anyway. Starting way back to COVID number one, which I don't know what year that was. Um, but if you ever look on the back of a Lysol can, have you guys noticed that there's a uh, a COVID, uh, um, you know, there's like a list of things that the Lysol ingredients kills. And one of them, right when COVID started, was like COVID-7 or whatever. And I'm like, COVID-7? Like, what the hell? Like, so this is not the first covid Known to mankind, apparently not. But I guess this 19 was uh, more potent than the other COVIDs that, you know, are pretty much uh, more common and and less lethal than COVID-19. But yeah, so we're getting through this COVID and, and now we are almost in the summertime. It's spring now. So I think we're going to go outside. Last year around the fall, I thought we were going back outside and we didn't go, but it looks like we're going to be able to go back outside. So what have I been doing since August? Uh, I did some travel. I went to Chicago. Shout out to the shy. Love that city. The food is amazing. I went to an Italian restaurant. I can't remember the name. I'm sorry, um, but it's very, it wasn't a, a commercial uh, Italian restaurant. It was, you know, like a, a smaller uh, local Italian uh, place, which looked real mafioso inside. But I had the squid ink pasta for the first time in my life. And let me tell y'all something. That pasta dish was amazing. And when I made my uh, or book my travel or whatever, I didn't know that that weekend was the freaking uh, 
Chicago Marathon, and apparently this was the first marathon uh, in Chicago. So when I got there, it was like way crowded, like a little bit, uh, almost more crowded than what I wanted it to be. But it was cool. We were still, uh, it was still mask mandated, so everybody still had on mask inside. It wasn't too. I don't think it was mandated outside, but um, I still had mine on outside if I was around a lot of people. Hold on. I'm, I'm looking online trying to find a restaurant and I think I have it. Let me just look at the pictures. And make, yeah, this is it. It's uh, called Viaggio and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but Viaggio restaurant in Chicago. If you guys want to look that up, if y'all ever go to Chicago or live in Chicago and you want to uh, check your food out, it is amazing. So yeah, I went to Chicago in October. The weather was pretty good. I talked to a couple of the locals and they said that we were, we just happened to pick a, a good weekend because October can be kind of iffy. It can be hot. It can be, well, not hot. It could be mild, but it could be butt-ass cold or, you know, no in-between. But we caught it on a good weekend. It was mild. Uh, still need a jacket. In the evening, but not so much during the day. But you still need a jacket. Right before we were leaving, my husband and I, we uh, got caught in a storm. And I thought our flight was going to be delayed, but it wasn't. Luckily, we were able to. But we did have a snag. So the airlines were acting up around this time in October. Like uh, people were quitting because they didn't want to uh, get the vaccine. So there was a a staffing shortage. So we flew Southwest and our plane got uh, switched around like three times uh, our flight back home. So we get to the airport and it's a hot mess at the Southwest uh, area. There's like too many people in one enclosed space for me. But again, I had my mask on and it was a nightmare, but uh, we made it back and at least we enjoyed ourselves in Chicago. So I tried the Vaggio Italian restaurant. And then I, you know, so I went because I like to eat and um, I'm a foodie. So that's why I have to work out all the damn time because I like to eat. So I wanted to try everything that was authentic or uh, what do you say? Like uh, the, what the city is known for. So Chicago is known for their pizza. So of course I tried the deep dish pizza. It was, eh, it was okay. It wasn't nothing to write home about. I think I like New York style pizza the best, but anyway, so I tried their pizza. I tried their hot dog, which has all this stuff on it. Pickles, lettuce, tomatoes. It was good though. I mean, you know, take some getting used to, but I like all that shit. Like lettuce, tomatoes. Like I like a lot of vegetables uh, in my burger or just to eat period so that was cool i don't think my husband liked it too much um then we tried garrett popcorn of course you can't go to chicago without trying to garrett popcorn and that was good uh and what else was authentic to i think that was it that i tried uh food wise and every time i visit a city or um a caribbean island or just somewhere that i've never been i always try to do a tour so we did a walking tour this time of Chicago. It was a food walking tour. So we were able to, you know, see landmarks and eat the uh, food that's specifically known, uh, that Chicago is known for. So the walking tour was pretty cool. We went to the library um, that was named after the uh, mayor, the black mayor. I can't remember his name. Hold on, let me see. 
I gotta look up everything because I'm old and my my fucking brain is fried. Uh, let's see. Anyway, so we uh went to the library and uh, we didn't go to observation deck. Our room was hotel room, room was like right across the street from it, but we didn't go in there. Um, and I'm going back to Chicago, so next time I go back, I'm hitting that observation deck because they have this ride at the top of it, and you kind of like stand in this booth and then you it leans you over so it looks like you're like leaning over like looking down at the whole city of Chicago from the highest building in Chicago uh, oh his name was Harold Washington so it's the Harold Washington Museum and you know they have a statue of him in there it's a big museum um yeah it's a big ass museum but we learned a little bit about Harold Washington the tour guide to me was not that great of a tour guide, but that's neither here nor there. Sometimes you can get a good tour guide when you go places, and sometimes you cannot. And this time she was, um, yeah, she wasn't that good to me. But so then we went to another Italian restaurant, which is like on the tour route, so it's a little more, I guess, is uh more well known. It's a restaurant that Al Pacino used to frequent a lot. Uh, he had his own private booth in the back and uh, his own like area uh, in the back. So did I say Al Pacino? Not Al Pacino. What's the what's the mobster's name? Um, shoot, hold on. Uh, Luciano or something? Gustafano? Look. I don't know. I'm, I have to look this up, too. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, and it probably won't pull up. Oh, it's Al Capone. Where did I get Al Pacino from? Freaking Al... Oh, gosh, I'm a mess. Anyway, it's Al Capone. Uh, used to frequent this restaurant, and I, and I believe the area it's in is like called Little Italy. Yeah, it's called Little Italy. So if you ever go to Chicago, you can visit Little Italy. You'll uh, go to the restaurant that Al Pacino would frequent. And I'm trying to find the name, and I cannot. But so, yeah, that was cool. Uh, we were supposed to try. It was somewhere we were supposed to go, and the tour person or whatever fucked that up. We didn't go to that place. And quite a few of us were upset because... Like, that was one of the main things we wanted to try from Chicago, but it's all good. Next time I go to Chicago, I will probably do my own tour and just look up some places to go and just go there myself. We met a nice couple at the uh, Vagio restaurant. Um, they're kind of like an activist. Well, not kind of, but they're activists in the community. One of the big things in Chicago that the uh, gentleman that we met, one of the big things is, of course, gentrification, um, which is happening in all of the urban cities across the United States. And then in particular, um, Chicago uh, now has legal marijuana. Um, and so in Chicago, they are given licenses to non-Black owners to open a dispensary and that giving them to well it's harder for people of color to uh, get a license for a dis dispensary in Chicago so 
this uh, couple were pretty active in the community, trying to um, protest and trying to enable people of color to open uh, dispensaries. And it was real funny because he had this shirt on, shirt on that says, support your local weed man. I thought that was funny, but yeah, so it's a funny story with him with him and his uh, fiance. So we were at the Vagio restaurant and we were st- we made reservations because we normally make reservations everywhere we go because you just never know. And we were in Chicago. We have no clue how like the walking time frame in. and time frame is and it was COVID. So anyway, so we made reservations. We get to Vagio and we're uh, we told the hostess that we're here and it's like packed, like everybody's trying to get in that joint. So we're waiting probably about 10 minutes past the time of our reservation. So then, you know, I'm starting to like look around like, hold on there. What's going on? Like people are coming in after us being seated. So the couple comes in and, you know, they're black. Um, They come in, they dap up the hostess and, and, you know, they're talking like they're regulars. So the, the gentleman asks us, you know, how long have you been waiting? I said, oh, about 10 minutes. But we had reservations, so he was like, oh, okay. So the um, then the hostess come back, comes back and says something to him. Then an older Italian guy comes from out in the back. You know, he has, like, on his suit or whatever. So he daps up the gentleman, and I'm like, oh, calls him by first name. They, like, hug it out. You know, like, you know how you do that, like, one-man hug out? So they... Um, they were hugging it out, and he asked us, um, so he, um, so they dap it up, and the owner, which I believe is the owner, because he looked very ownerish, you know, tells the couple, you know, come on, I got your table, and so I'm, I'm thinking, like, oh, they didn't even have to wait. They just walked right up. So the gentleman uh, looks at us and says, yo, they're with me too. Um, so the, the owner's like, oh, okay, they're with you. So take before I'm like, I look at my husband, he look at me. I'm like, yeah, we with them. So we sit down with them. And, you know, that's when they start to tell us about, you know, the their activism and um, how they are active in the community. Um, supporting people of color and trying to get the dispensary uh, legalities um, straightened out. But that was cool. That was a cool experience. I've never done that before where I've... Now, when I travel, I always like talk to a lot of different people, but that was the first time kind of like just being thrown into a a dinner with uh, an unknown couple. But it was cool. Um, They told us a lot of interesting things about Chicago from the gentrification standpoint, you know, which is going on here in D.C. as well. Um, and I guess so in South Chicago, they are moving uh, or taking the homes or buying the homes from a lot of people of color and rehabbing them and reselling them for like millions of dollars. So, you know, I'm familiar with that because that's what's going on here in D.C., so, yeah, so I went to Chicago in October, and that was pretty cool. Then Thanksgiving happened, and then Christmas happened, and I'm always thrown into this Christmas festive um, festive uh, lifestyle, I guess, so to speak. 
And I don't know if I've told you guys I don't really like Christmas because it's too close to my birthday. But anyway, so, you know, Christmas was, um, uh, Christmas came and went, and then we had January. And this was that one-year anniversary of the uh, January 6th riots at the Capitol. And since I work in the Capitol, um, it was important. Um, nothing really changed for me as far as what happened that day because I'm still still had to go to work um uh, on a personal level uh, but on a work level you know I lost a couple of officers uh, to the riot and and uh and then not too long after the riot in April we had another incident when one of our officers was killed or whatever from some idiot but so yeah not too much has happened since August, but a lot has happened, happened since August, right? You know what I mean? And then now, so let's see what's going on now. Uh, let me think. Okay, so boom, you got Rihanna's pregnant, Kanye's divorced, Kim Ye's single. Well, they're not divorced. Kanye separated, Kim Ye's single, Kim Ye's dating Pete Skeet. Uh, did I miss anything? Eh, I don't think so. But, yeah, so y'all let me know if I missed anything. But what I do want to talk about is Kadanji Brown-Jackson. I know I just fucked her name up, but it's Kadanji Brown-Jackson. She's a Supreme Court prospect. Uh, and if if elected, which I pray to God she is, she would be the first black woman to sit on the Supreme Court. And I was thinking about that yesterday. How fucked up is that of America in 2022 to have his first black female Supreme Court justice? Like, okay, so we all know black people. We are people, or people of color. I'm going to say black people. We get it the worst from all the races. But to be a black woman as well, we are at the bottom, bottom of the barrel, like the bottom, like under the foot, like under the foot in the crack, right next to some dog shit that you stepped in. So to have it be 2022 and and have our possible first black woman, Supreme Court justice just baffles me. And then I was looking at all the video from the um, questioning from the members, it was just ridiculous. The fucking Ted Cruz, Tom, Ted Cruz, he is a joke. Like every time that man speaks, he makes me cringe. But anyway, his uh, questions to her were, it wasn't shocking because being a black woman, this is how non-black men speak to black women all the time. Like, all the time. I'm not saying all non-black men do this, but majority of white men speak to black women in a demeaning way. They speak to us uh, in a authoritative way, like slave master and Sally Mae type of way. Uh, they view us in a derogatory way. 
And so when she was sitting there being questioned by him and the way he was questioning her and his tone and his demeanor, it just made me cringe. Like if you all just Google Ted Cruz uh, questions um, for the Supreme Court justice nominee, just anything like that, um, just Google that and Google a video and watch that shit. If you're a black woman, you're going to be mad as fuck like I was. I mean, like mad as fuck. Um, if you're not a black woman, you still might be mad as fuck. If you have any type of empathy or sympathy towards the plight of us black women, uh, or just if you are just a, if you have empathy toward mankind, period, you're going to be mad as fuck when you see Ted Cruz. I don't know how he keeps winning, how he keeps getting reelected in his state is what baffles me. I don't know how a lot of these, well, let me go back. I do know how he uh, is always reelected. It's the same way all these other senators and Congress members are reelected because we as American citizens, and I'm going to say we because for a long time before I started working uh, on Capitol Hill, I never paid attention to local, state congressmen and senators, and I never paid attention to um, the... The, the government uh, officials like so when you vote on every four years you know you do your president's vote but in between that time you have votes for your local uh, congressmen and senator your states and then you have votes for your federal congress people and senators and I never paid attention to that I did pay attention to the congress congressman um, and the, but the only thing I paid attention to was that it was a common name like Steny Hoyer, Steny Hoyer, Steny Hoyer. He wins every year. Steny Hoyer, Steny Hoyer. That's all I know. Steny Hoyer, Steny Hoyer. I never researched the other candidates. Um, so I believe that that's how a lot of people in America vote. They only vote for the popular, the person whose name is familiar without doing any due diligence uh, on the other people that are running for that office. In particular, in Maryland, we're coming up on a government, a governor's election as well. And so I took it upon myself because I was trying to figure out how the hell did a Republican win the governor's seat in Maryland? Because we are a Democratic state, right? So we have Governor Hogan, who's a Republican, and he won. I think like this is his second term. Um, and I'm just trying to figure out how does he keep winning? winning? I, I don't see any progress that he's made, like any um, substantial progress that he made the first, his first term, but apparently, you know, I guess everybody just voted for him because Larry Hogan, Larry Hogan, they know the name, um, or maybe they felt like he did something for the state, but I really didn't think he did anything. So we have other candidates that are running in Maryland uh, for his seat because I don't think he can do past two terms. And one of the candidates um, I was looking into, I think his name is Wes. And I can't remember, I have to look it up. I think I subscribed to him. Yeah, Wes Moore. So if you guys are going to vote this year for the Maryland governor's seat, um, look into Wes Moore. I'm doing some research on him. And uh, so far... It looks, he looks promising. He's 44, 
from Tacoma Park, Maryland. Um, he served as the CEO of a Robin Hood Foundation. Um, let's see, what else is about him? He has, he's married. He has, I believe, I don't think he has any kids, but yeah, so he's married. He fought in the war in Afghanistan. Um, and the things that he, the things that he uh, is, you know, the things that he's campaigning for uh, is pretty interesting to me. Um, he believes that no matter where you start in life, you deserve an equal opportunity to succeed, a job you can raise a family on, and the chance to create wealth for you and your family, uh, which is, that's excellent to me because I don't know if you all know, but the price is like, it's it's hard to survive out there um, on your own. And in particular for Black families, it's even harder because we have to, uh, we have we have a little, we have a, a, a longer hill to climb. Let's just say that. Um, so I was on his website, which is Westmore, W-E-S-M-O-O-R-E.com. And I was just reading a few things about um, him and his background. Like I said, he fought in Afghanistan and some of the things that he stands for. He stated on his website that in Maryland, the average white family has eight times the wealth of the average black family. The average black worker makes 71 cents to the white worker's dollar. So he's just pushing for things like bringing black, uh, uh, bringing black people uh, up more equal to the white counterparts, whether that's in work, whether that's in wages, whether that's in owning real estate, um, and all of that. So I think he's a pretty good candidate, guys. If you guys uh, have a chance, my Merlin folks, my Merlin peeps, my Merlin, <laughs> um, please look into Westmore. Like, I'm not getting paid to say this, you know, I'm not on his staff or anything. This is just something personally that I'm looking into because the 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 uh the election is coming up. So, I want to make sure we have someone in office who's going to, you know, stand up for Maryland's black families. Yeah, stand up for us. Like we need somebody to stand up for us because we always get um pushed to the side, pushed behind, pushed down. We get the uh the crumbs we get the leftovers so yeah shit it's time for somebody to stand up for us in maryland what do y'all think yeah so let me know what y'all think about westmore check him out leave me a message let me know that you guys are listening to the podcast i need some interaction people so now we get into my favorite part of my show I know you fucking lying. Y'all thought I forgot about that, didn't you? I didn't. It's coming up right now. I know you fucking lying. So I Google a lot of my stuff or this crazy shit I find out. And so today I was reading uh, back in February... Authorities seized nearly $3 million worth of meth in a goddamn onion shipment. These motherfuckers hid meth, methamphetamine, 1,200 small packages in a shipment of onions. First of all, I got a question. Which fucking onion farm agreed to let 
these motherfuckers shipped the methamphetamine in their shit. They must have got paid. It was an attractive trailer inspection at a federal facility in San Diego. The smart-ass canine unit sniffed that shit out. Oh, look at the coincidence. Y'all had a canine, the dogs barking in the background outside? <laughs> anyway, the smart-ass canine unit from Customs Border Protection alerted were alerted to the trailer shipment of onions on Sunday. So the officers went in and found 1,200 small packages of the fucking meth. The driver was a 46-year-old Mexican national who wasn't named. Was, he was arrested for the narcotics smuggling attempt at the port. And yeah, so it was more than 1,336 pounds. That's 606 kilos. And then they had a motherfucker shape like uh shape like onions. They put them in these small globes with a white cover so it could blend in with the other onions. I said, these people are getting or trying to get brilliant with this shit. It was worth $2.9 million on the street. First of all, I didn't didn't even know pills was just popping on the streets. Like, these pills must be the next best thing. Like, fuck crack. People must be doing this methamphetamine now they're trying to find better ways to sneak that shit in all right i got a good idea y'all let's ship that shit in onions in an onion shipment what y'all think yeah i think that'll work we can wrap that shit up like onions and then mix it in with a whole shit first we gotta find a dumbass uh onion company that'll let us do it a dumbass onion farm and then we're going to have to get one of our homeboys, our Mexican homeboys, to be the driver and drive that shit through. That ain't work, dummies. I know you fucking lying. They shipped that shit in some damn onions. I mean, in theory, it sound like, you know, maybe it could have worked. Maybe it did work. Maybe this wasn't their first time shipping it, but uh, not this time. Not this canine. He said, son, don't smell right. This don't smell like no regular onions. This smell like some tainted onions. Started barking like shit and busted they ass. $2.9 million, y'all, with meth pills. I'm in the wrong business. Because who I need to sell some meth pills to? Anybody want some meth pills? Shit. That looks like that's more popular than fucking weed. I think I'm going to look into that for my next po- podcast and check out this this whole meth thing. I'm not that uh, drug savvy, so... You know, I just know a little bit about marijuana. I'm just learning about different strains, sativa, hybrid, indica. So I think I'm like a marijuana um, novice now. But I'm going to check into this meth shit and see why it's so popular and what exactly is in that stuff. But if y'all know anything about it, again, leave me a message. Hit me up. School me, damn it, on this whole meth shit because I know you fucking lying. $2.9 million. Of some damn pills. Mm, mm, mm. So yeah, that's it for me. I think we're all caught up. I think I'm caught up. So thank you all for listening. I will be back again with another podcast. And I'm going to add some special guests. Let me put that in the atmosphere. Number one. So you guys can stay tuned. And number two, so I can put it in the atmosphere, put it in the universe so it can happen. Do you know that whatever you speak out of your mouth, whatever you uh, say will be, will be. Uh, Wherever your 
attention flows, energy goes. So if you focus and put your attention on things that you want, something positive, then guess what? Everything that you want, you will get. Everything that's positive will happen to you. You have to stop thinking in a negative way. You have to stop thinking in a, uh, you got to stop having a victim mindset. You are not the victim. You are victorious. Okay. The other Vic, victorious. Remember that. And also pretty soon I'm going to have some sponsorships or some subscriptions, I should say. Um, They're not going to be expensive. Monthly subscriptions. If you guys love me and want to continue to hear these podcasts, um, be on the lookout. I'm going to let you guys know when the subscriptions become available and this will make my episodes ad free. So you don't have to sit through any ads or have any breaks in my podcast. Okay. So thank you all for listening. Please tell everybody, you know, to check out Meek with the Deets. I'm on all the streaming apps, Spotify, Anchor, Apple, um, I can't even remember names them all, but it's like seven of them. Just Google Meek with the Deets. I will pop up with my picture of me in paradise. And yeah, let's get this 2022, baby. Peace.